We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Lighters. Andy Lou, we're recording this Sunday evening. A beautiful Sunday evening. We have adjusted our clocks. We are watching the Lakers get the crap beat out of them by the Phoenix Suns, which is just amazing. Warriors with one of their best wins of the season on Saturday. Uh, get to see Wiseman in play with the G League Warriors on Sunday. Just positive vibes. Yeah, I was going to say this podcast is going to be nothing but uh, me and you just being happy. I mean, you forgot the other one. Draymond's back tomorrow. By the time people are listening to this podcast, Draymond's so, going to be making his debut, right? He hasn't played in three months. Just what can go wrong? Nothing. It's so much positivity. You know, it's just this is your uh, this is your home for the Lake of Propaganda Network. <laughs> um, <Yoko> no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you could just like randomly moan in the middle of my takes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, okay, so let's let's start on the Bucks game. Mm. Um, I feel like there was just so many good things. So first off, I, I saw someone um mention this. I I gotta ask you off top of the head, better win this or Christmas Day? Oh that's it, such Christmas, a great question. Christmas oh my God. Christmas, it was Draymond and Steph and everyone had COVID, but to beat the Bucks without Draymond, equally impressive in a different way. Like, you know, I, I walked into that game being like, well, you know, Giannis might get 50, but hopefully they can do stuff on the margins. You know, um, I, I think it's on the short list of best wins of the season. Last night was probably best. The Bucks game was probably the better win. A couple of reasons. Um, I think the Bucks are a much tougher matchup than Phoenix for the Warriors. I think is one. I think Giannis is a tough matchup. I think Drew is a perfect defender for Steph Curry. Um, so that's one. And then two, Clay didn't play in Christmas, obviously. And and I think when you, you did won, Wiggins or Poole, it was <laughs> yeah. Yeah. we got some Quindary water spoon in there. I was gonna say, by the way, Quindary, my guy, your guy, our guy. Um, Light years approved. Very fun uh, to watch. Well, I, I lost my train of thought there, but uh, Clay Thompson, he's the guy they need, right, to win a championship. And I think last night was classic Clay Thompson. Last podcast we did uh, was pretty much very, it was very like, what's what's going on with Clay, right? He struggled after he got sick, after the All Star break. And this, this was what we want to see from Clay because it was the same as the 2019 Clay. 
It was the, hey, we're not going to dribble up and down for 20, 20 seconds of the shot clock and do a James Harden, right? What he's doing is he's setting up, and then Jordan Poole is setting him up for threes and steps. So that's like classic clay. So I thought that was that was impressive, obviously. Yeah, I was going to say. So he told Marcus Thompson um, in, in his post game, you know, he found a better rhythm by leaning more into catch and shoots and getting his looks in the flow of the offense instead of hunting his shot. And yeah, it was it was evident watching him i was like that did look like that looked like the clay we knew pre-injury uh it's been a little weird with him like and i totally get it two plus years you've heard how many times he's been up mentioned the top 75 list you know he has to be watching like russell westbrook or like damian Lillard and be like those guys over me and there's like a little like i want to prove to everyone who i am going on with him and i think he just relaxed and played his game it's, it's like, I'm just going to be clay. I'm going to play in the flow. And dude, if I, if I start, if I start feeling it, you're fucked. Basically it's like the clay Thompson experience. Oh. And I think we also saw uh, Jordan Poole is amazing. We'll get to him in a second, but in 2019, when, when Steph was getting tripled, it, it started to become, okay, clay Thompson is going to be the guy that can win us a post-season. Post, post he, he was going to be the guy that was going to essentially take over and win game six and seven of the NBA Finals, right? He was going to be one of the main reasons for that because the Raptors literally did not care. They said, we're just going to go through guys and stuff. Same thing happened in Milwaukee. Uh, you had their best defender, Drew Holiday, essentially face guard and then double every single probably screen. The, probably the best defensive guard in the league. Like, if there's one guy, you yeah. would be like, yeah. okay, he yeah. can guard Steph without help. You would think it's Drew. and and instead, it's the opposite. They're like, we're gonna throw Drew and Giannis. Like, I, I, <laughs> it's not like it's not like the Bucks play good defense anymore. I, I just, I, I don't know what's up with them this season. Personnel injuries, whatever. It's not like they play good defense. And, and by doing that, you're essentially not only playing three on four on defense, you're also taking away your best defensive guy. So when it becomes Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson all game long, and they never, they never stayed away from that. Which is they never adjusted, they never bothered, and so Clay Thompson said, "Okay, I'm just going to go for 40." It isn't it wild? The Bucks, I think they have. There's honestly a, pathetic. It's pathetic. There's a little bit of the championship fatigue with them, where it's like, "You wake me up in the playoffs" type of stuff. Sure, but if there is a team set up to guard Steph Curry straight up, it's the Bucks. They got Drew Holiday. They also have Chris Middleton, an excellent defender. Um, and then you can have Giannis just roaming, doing a Draymond role on his own. It was wild to see them kind of double that aggressively on Steph, particularly when you saw Clay and Jordan Poole have it going like that. I would have figured they'd have they'd have adjusted. It's it's very honestly, I find it very. Uh, it's just not basketball. Clay Thompson's not. A, this guy's a monster. Jordan Poole. These guys aren't scrubs. Like it's not like it's. It's not like it's Quindary Witherspoon out there. And again, we love him. But like if he's out there and he scores 12 points in the first or, quarter, I don't care. Or GP2. GP2 yeah, is yeah, yeah. a, defensive, a defensive player. Like yeah. you'll take your chances. He's not going to hit six threes. You yep. know? But it's Clay. And Jordan Poole's averaged 25 points in the last four games. So anyway, that I think Sam is getting very, very annoying. Again, as long as the Warriors win, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I, I did see Steph's face there a little bit. He, he, the guy's happy. He doesn't have to do as much stuff that he had, has to do last year, right? He can just kind of sit back and say, well, if you're going to go two guys at me, I'm just going to get rid of the ball and Jordan Poole's going to take over. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that takes us to the second thing, which is Steve Kerr said post game that they might not have a set starting five in the playoffs. They might be a matchup based team more than they've been in the past. Yes. And the Bucks game is a perfect example. I I think if I have one criticism of Steve Kerr this year is he's been overly harsh on Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. He probably mm-hmm. should trust Jordan Poole a little. He should probably give Jordan Poole the same level of trust he gives Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Is basically my thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that was kind of a thing. But Jordan Poole's come out of his funk. He's getting more into the rotation. Gets the start tonight. Perfect, perfect opponent for you to play the Steph Poole Clay lineup. It's like if you're going to overload Steph like this, we want to put our best offensive unit out there, and that is Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson. It's unguardable. Those three yep. are unguardable, if you, yep. especially if you're sending a second guy at Steph. And um, I, I think that's really the difference with this Warriors team this year. They don't have a set five, but they have guys for every situation, and it's about playing the right combinations. The, the criticism I've always had of Steve Kerr is that he generally makes the right move. He never does it fast enough. Um, and, and he's always going to be a stubborn as possible until the end, until he absolutely has to make a move down to one in a series, right? And I think by saying what he's saying, I think he understands that this team's margin for error is not margin of error is not that high, right? They're, they're they they can't afford to go down two one in a series and say, yeah, we're just going to win the next three. Like they they're not going to be able to do that. They might be, but I don't think they're 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 that team yet. We'll see, right? Starting tomorrow. So I like it. Um, on the other hand, I'm with you. You kind of you kind of need to start those three guys. Yeah. Like I, oh, yeah, to me, it's like, yeah, you might want to change the starting lineup, but why are you sitting pool? Andrew Wiggins played very well yesterday. So let's say that. That was, but, that was Wiggins' best game as a four yeah, all but, year. And yeah. in general, I'm not a huge fan of Wiggins at the four. Um, but if he can play like that, I, you know, I could roll with it a little bit. But he's not. If I'm picking a guy to sit, right? It's obviously not going to be him. But I would throw Draymond at the four, Looney at the five. It's disgusting. But if you supplement that with those three shooters, those three scores that the Warriors have, it's a pretty good five, right? Um, but they're not going to do that. Like tomorrow, if you had to guess, Sam Jordan Poole's coming off the bench, right? Uh, probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It depends. But but I think his point more so is it depends on the matchup. I could see them having matchups where they start small. Yeah, that Where, would be that's the only change is it's they're starting small, right? Looney's not starting. Nobody else is getting sick. Yeah, you it's go 48 minutes of Draymond and Looney at center, and you just like, sorry, Billy. So you're out of the, the rotation for this series. And you know, I, I don't think that's really gonna affect most of our listeners, but um uh it's like one of those situations where you know, I could see matchups where they want to do that. I can also see matchups where they're like, all right, man, we're going against Jokic. This is a loony matchup. We want more loony minutes here. Maybe, but maybe we also want Poole's offense. Maybe Wiggins goes to the bench. Or, you know, they're not going to go against the – the Lakers don't matter. But, like, in theory, you'd want Wiggins to start to guard LeBron and Looney to start to help with sure. AD type of stuff. Sure. Like, there's going to be matchups where you want to mix and match in different ways. And I, I just think that's the kind of roster they have this year. It's a – it's – it's more of a mix and match roster than it is like a, you know, like during the glory years, we knew that, you know, 
KD, Andre Godala, and the core three. I'll ride with that five against anyone, anytime. Even pre-KD, it was, hey, we're going to – these are the five that are going out there. It's just, it's just not KD, it's Harrison Barnes. Like, that's the five. And this season, I think it's even more important, especially in crunch time. We talked about it all season long. And I, Steve is basically admitting it. There are going to be games that I think Jordan Poole is not going to close. There are going to be games that, that Kevon Looney is not going to close. There are going to be games that Andrew Wiggins isn't going to close. Um, they've, they ran an eight-man rotation out there last night. Andre Godal is going to be back. GP2 is going to be back. Those two guys are definitely going to close some games. Same with Otto Porter. That's another guy. Yeah. That's like six guys for two spots. Any of them can close. And that's your, what, nine-man or nine rotation yeah. in the playoffs? Yeah. You know, throw Kuminga in there, who's going to definitely get in the rotation. And that's another one, yeah. Yeah, but probably not closing deep playoff games, but probably could close in the first round at least. Um, it's interesting. I, I think this roster is even more dependent. This is why I say this is Steve Kerr's second best year coaching-wise. Uh, it's not to, like, shade anything he's done in the past. I just think – the combination of injuries and the amount of moving parts on this roster require him to be far more active as a coach. And any way you slice it, they're tied for the second best record. He's pushing all the right buttons. If I told you in the preseason, Draymond would miss half the year and you'd get 20 games out of clay through 67, 68, sorry. Would you think they would be the second best team in the NBA record wise? Yeah, no. Absolutely that, not. I, I Absolutely think not. I think that's a feather in Steve Kerr's cap. We can get mad about little micro decisions and like, you know, we do. And like the pool stuff is a little annoying, but like in on the aggregate, it, it's hard to complain. Yeah. The, the defense has picked back up uh, the last couple of games. Very, very impressive work. Um, I think, again, a lot of it for me is always going to be Steph, but you're right. Um, it, it, it's They're doing a great job. Jonathan Kaminga, another guy, I think uh, we'll get to him, but his jump shot is special. I just, how did it become this way? But that's coaching staff stuff. I mean, it's probably not Steve Kerr, but right. But that's coaching staff stuff. Direct. Yeah, head coach doesn't do skill work. So it's, <laughs> but it's like just direct to coaching staff. And look at what we saw last season with the coaching staff. What they did last season was, was malpractice. It was disgusting. Um, so it's good to see them fix that um, with everything that they've done this year. Yeah. So let's get to Kuminga. He had another, he had, Maybe the best highlight of the game against the Bucs, that dunk was filthy. Um, 11 rebounds, which I love to see. He's still figuring out his rebounding in some ways, but it's like I was, I was looking at it. I remember when they played the Bucs uh, two months ago, Steve Kerr made some comment about like, when you look at where Giannis is right now, you think about him as a rookie, and you've got to think about J.K., Total inexperience, not much knowledge of the NBA, not much understanding of what's going on yet, but that's exactly where Giannis was a decade ago or whatever it was when he first came into the league. Don't really love him comparing Giannis to Kuminga, but I get what he's saying. He's like, Giannis came in as this raw guy who we weren't even sure if he knew how to play basketball, really, just knew he was a raw athlete. And then, like, fast forward six, seven years, you know, MVP, first ballot Hall of Fame, uh, maybe the best player in the league, like just, you know, all over the map. Right. Uh, Kuminga has a, I don't want to say similar, but it's just like the, uh, the excitement factor where you're just like, you can, you see him improving and you're just like, he doesn't even, he's barely scratched the surface. Barely. He's going out there and he's guarding Giannis, which is, which is to me, whether he does it well or not, it's not really a big deal, but 
the fact that he wants to do it, how many guys on this team is is wanting to do it, and also how many guys are physically capable of even trying to do it, right? It's it's, it's probably Kaminga and Draymond. <laughs> Andre, I think Andre might fall apart after a few possessions, and Andrew Wiggins is too small. So, like, it's Louis. basically those two guys. Yeah, there's Lou, actually Looney Lucas. I, I, great call, great call. So there's three guys. Uh, and, and GP2, of course, uh, on this team that can do it. So GP2 uh, is the tallest 6'2 guy ever. <laughs> He's uh, – I almost felt like Kaminga could have closed uh, some of that game last night with the way that he was playing. Just just to, just to his, – his free throws are money, right? And just – I don't know, man. There's there's a lot about him we love. And, and so – so let me take this back. So I decided to look up his numbers since that Bucks game, which was two months ago to the day. He's averaging 22.6 minutes per game in this span. And keep in mind, his minutes have picked up on like the back half of it. 13 points, five rebounds, but he's shooting 55% from the field, 37% from three, and 75% from the line. Hmm. So as much as we, also, we love to say um, – he is a raw project who are thinking about four or five years down the line. And I do agree four or five years down the line, he might be like what Jason Tatum's doing right now. He might be like Kawhi Leonard. He might be like one of those type of wings, that type of improvement from the beginning of the year till now alone just shows how fast a learner he is. And I think that's the wildest thing to me. Yeah. Um, you had relatively good expectations of him being like a, competent wing guy like a rookie year Jalen Brown I didn't see it uh he even but like the thing is it's not rookie rookie year Jalen wasn't even that good is 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 the thing like I was just hoping we could get some like defense and athleticism I didn't think a shot was going to be a thing uh yeah right Uh, that's what I was going to say like day one from Kaminga in the NBA until now is is it doesn't make sense how much he's improved versus you compare him to a guy like Wiseman uh, who, who we're watching right now, who's a, who's a lot raw, right? Because mm-hmm. I thought they were in similar levels of raw, but I think Kaminga's just not even, it's not even close. He has better feel. He's gotten better just playing the game. Um, the, the coaching staff has put him in, a right, in the right place. So I, I'm excited to see. We'll talk about Wiseman in a second. We're excited to see what Wiseman is going to look like with these guys. Um, but, but man, um, he's got game-changing level uh of of athleticism and then you watch Moses Moody come in and also make huge rebounds in 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 tight spaces and you're just like damn these guys are 20 years old and they're playing against the defending champions champions on national television it's not like the bucks are missing anyone uh and they're playing well yeah i wanted to throw um this out there so it's like um the warriors are you know one of the more tech tech savvy teams in the nba so they use something that's called noah basketball Mm. Um, and the Toronto Raptors and the Utah Jazz are probably best known for using it, but it's basically real-time cameras that track every player's shot. So, like, you know when someone takes a jump and you're like, your elbow's low, like you're not getting enough arc on the shot? They have data which will be like, your elbow was 7% to the right of where it should be relative to your make-miss ratio. Um and so, like, this is all, a fa- you know, I think it's interesting. You might not. It doesn't matter. It's like it's like the stuff that goes on in baseball with, like, driveline where they're trying to, like, perfect pitches and hitting and all that sort of stuff, right? Starting to take off in basketball. All of this is a fancy way of saying 
I think this is probably the first time Kuminga has been coached at yes. this level where yes. like they can look at it and be like, no, actually your shot, you need to remake your shot. Like you're, you're not getting enough arc on it and we have the data to back it up, to go on top of our eyes and everything. Right. And the fact that he's this quick a learner, because like we, we've all shot a basketball. We've all been told how to fix our shot. That does not mean, you know, 10 reps later, like I've fixed my shot. Like the fact that he can receive the coaching and make an adjustment. And like, we see, these results this quick, like that's, that speaks very highly to yeah. me of like how much talent he has, because it's like, usually I was thinking, hopefully he'd get a shot after two years, you know, hopefully like two yeah. years of work, he'd get there, but it's like, no dude, he literally had a sidewinder in preseason and by midseason, he straightened out his shot and he's shooting with confidence. He, he, I mean, his shot was so broke. I, I thought it was one of those things where this might be impediment to him having a career. And the NBA, you just can't, you just can't, sh- I mean, not, you know, he's going to be in the NBA. He's, he's too athletic, too big, and, and he's good feel at the rim. But Jesus, he's not going to be able to be an efficient scorer uh, without a shot. But now you're looking at it and you're like, you know, I think the only thing that's impacting him from being a star star is probably his handle. And uh, we'll see how that's going to work in the next two to three years, right? But but with what he's saying, it might be three months before we start seeing yeah. Kaminga build a hand. Like, who knows? At this but rate, like, I'm not, I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not discounting the fact he could come back next next summer with a tighter handle, you know, yeah. like um, he's, I don't want to put him in a box because the improvements he makes are happening so fast. It's super interesting. Um, do we want to talk about uh Looney real quick? Underrated as always underrated as always. My guy, even though he does some very frustrating things is when he plays great defense, when he's locked in, um, he's not Draymond, but they're a top five defense when he's locked in which is crazy. Yeah. It's uh it is it is wild that um the Warriors have been able to get away with just having Looney this whole time, but I think last night was kind of an example of just how good he is. Like there's no tougher big combination to guard than Jokic and Giannis in back-to-back games, right? Yeah, and last night it was also the toughest. They put him in the worst situation. I was yeah. going to say they're almost leaving him out to dry there because they're playing Wiggins next to him with Jordan Poole at the two, Steph at the one, and then a Clay Thompson come back. Yeah, you're not getting the lead yeah, that way. Yeah. You're, yeah. <laughs> like the, the best help you're probably getting is like Steph. Like he's probably the smartest defender out of that lot of four guys. So it's it, they put him in an island a little bit, and, and he came and he came out and, and he figured it out. That's, I think, one of those things where I, it's not every game, but, dude, this guy – I think for me, it's it's not going to be a Zaza situation where I think you can he might he might be sitting entire games. They're going to need him to beat the Phoenix Suns, like they're going to need him to beat some of these teams. Whereas you know we we used to see Zaza where it's like yeah, just six minutes and we don't ever want to see him again because it's it's winning time, right? With Looney, it's like you're going to need him to play twenty plus minutes in these playoff games. You're, you're right. Yeah, it's like particularly like in my mind, I'm thinking of like some of the better Eastern Conference teams, like. Oh, Looney's closing against Embiid or Giannis. Like, I, I'm sorry, guys. He's probably going to close most of those games, whether you like it or not, you know? So uh, there's going to be some matchups where he gets on the floor in a way that's more so than Zaza's of the past. Uh, shout out Zaza, friend of the show. <laughs> uh, now I'm thinking of the Embiid-Looney matchup, and, and I'm, thinking of, I'm thinking of Looney switching off from Embiid to guard Harden, his, his buddy, his best friend. 
uh, from from 2018, 19. So it's uh, it's yeah, we, man, we, that we might, we might have to worry about it because I think the Boston Celtics might knock off Philly in the first oh, round. So. Jesus Christ! And if not them, the 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 Brooklyn Nets might too. If the so. Celtics need to figure out how to get a point guard, um, yeah, the, but the Brooklyn Nets, yeah. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, you, want, you want to talk about Wiseman a little bit? Yeah, I watched the whole game. Uh, you watched the whole game. Uh, I, we, all, we all did. It was, yeah. uh, it's, it's fun to, you know, it's, it's the G league, but it is cool that we can, um, that they're promoting it on the, on the main broadcast. And it's just like, hey, it's cool. Check it. You know, a lot it's, of, a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of my friends went, I didn't go cause I'm not watching G league basketball in person, Sam on a Sunday afternoon. But, uh, I thought Wiseman looks exactly the same as he did last season. <laughs> yeah. I thought he looks exactly the same. I, it's not surprising. I mean, right? Because he, he's coming back from an injury. He's been out for a long time. So, how is he? How is he supposed to get better? You don't get better not playing. You yeah, know? he like, he wasn't gonna come in here and all of a sudden I did not expect him to all of a sudden be this incredible um, feel guy, right? So a couple of things. Okay, a couple of things. Um, his feel for the game I think is still lacking. Um, so the negatives first. So I didn't really feel like he knew where he was supposed to be defensively and really offensively. His hands are still bad. Uh, at least that's what I saw today. And, and which is what we saw last year. Definitely season. in tight spaces. Like, he, yeah, it's he can catch a lob if no one's around him. I mean, ah, shit, I hope so. But it's like when he's looking for a ball and the guy throws it to him two feet away, like he's not catching that. So I thought I th- and he doesn't really know where to be when he's cutting. So maybe reps will get him there a little bit. So that's the hope. But the good stuff I saw was that, I mean, she might be the biggest guy in the NBA. Top one, top one percent of one percent physical tools. <laughs> yeah. You know, like he just, it just is. There's no other around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that's gonna get him a lot of rebounds. And that was the other thing that was impressive. It's just, dude, just get rebounds, man. That your job when you're seven two seven three is just to get boards. And he got boards tonight. 14, 15 boards in twenty minutes. That was the most impressive part of tonight. Um, and part of that is like. You know, he's got that Wiggins in him. He could do it if he wants to do it. You got to make him want to do it. And so, and that worries me. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, let me back it up here a little bit. So, like, there's two distinct discussions with Wiseman. One is what you think of him long term, and one is in context of this Warriors team, which we think is a legitimate contender. Actually, not we, everyone, they're a legitimate title contender. So, things are in context of what you think they're going to do. Um, in in pursuit of a title. What I saw tonight and knowing everything he's been through, I have an impossible time seeing him playing in the playoffs in any game. This season? 
Yes. It, it, like next yeah, year, I agree. By, by next playoffs, he might be better than Kuminga for all I know. But like really uh, nice. in terms of um, he's going to get 10 to 12 games and then they're going to go. And, and when I say play in the playoffs, I mean like play minutes against the Memphis Grizzlies, the Phoenix Suns. Um, those I'm not talking about a first round series against the Minnesota Timberwolves. He might be able to give you 12 minutes a game in that series. I don't know that you can. I don't know that he has enough time to yeah, get. To I mean, a yes, point yes. Where, where he could be playable against the better teams in May. Yeah. He, he's just not getting enough. You know, it's 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 just the reality of the calendar. I, I mean, it's also the reality of who he is as a basketball player. Before the season, I, I said that I want him to be in the G League all season long. He's not going to come back to December. He should be in the G League right now. I'm watching this game and I'm like, yeah, he should be in the G League for the rest of the season. And there's no, there's no you, you got for it. You got to admit, if he was back in December, because the regular NBA seasons, it's kind of mediocre, right? Like he could play against the Wizards. He can play in a bunch of games. Yeah. If if we got to see him play for 50, 60 games, who knows? Maybe he'd be ready to give but, you some minutes in the playoffs. Maybe, but that that ship sailed, right? Like that's the point. Look, I, I thought the same thing about Kabinga too. So that that's my, my point is I just I I need the Warriors to play guys that they feel like can win that they can win with instead of trying to develop these guys and even even for 15 minutes against the Wizards, right? Because because wouldn't you say like, if Kaminga was playing 30 plus minutes every night in the G League, he could also be getting he could also be developing too. And he, he there were games in the beginning of the season this year where he wasn't playing at all. It's interesting. Um, it's an interesting. It's an interesting thought because it's like. Does he develop better playing 35 minutes a game in the G League or doing what he's doing with the big club, which is like he's playing 25 minutes a game right now, but like it's going to go down to 15 when Draymond comes back. Yeah, and also he he just started doing that now. Uh, in the beginning of the season, he wasn't playing very much either. They could have given him yeah. 20 he's minutes mop off up, the mop of duty. Yeah, right. And it's it's so that's that's what makes it tough. I, I'm also interested because you did mention him as the like Bielitsa. Was terrible. He's been bad for a while. Although he had a pretty good second half of last night, so that, that was good. He to did. See he did from him. play good against Milwaukee randomly. Yeah, but yeah. yeah randomly. But you but know, like, he's he's on his way out of the road. Yeah, he's done. Right. Like JT is not playing anymore. Damian Lee is not playing anymore. Those guys are out. Bealitz is going to be out. So those are three guys that are going to be gone. I wonder if those 10, 15 minutes are going to be given to Wiseman, or are they just going to say, "Yeah, we got GP two back and Andre and Otto. We're just going to roll with these guys at Draymond, and we're just going to play." just Looney and Draymond and Otto, right, at the 4-5 positions for the rest so, of the season. So I, I, th- I, I do think Wiseman will get a little run against, like, Wizards-caliber opponents. Like, I, I think – and may, maybe that's cocky of the Warriors. Maybe it's cocky of the Warriors. They do play the especially, Wizards tomorrow. Especially – and it's, it's, on, it's fresh on my mind because they're playing the Wizards. <laughs> but, like, maybe it makes sense. But then they're also dealing with – being in this like race with the Grizzlies, they can't yeah. they can't drop any of these. Like any game against a Wizards caliber opponent has to be an auto W. You can't lose any of those the rest of the way. Yeah. Um, so but that's even beside the point. Let's say Wiseman plays 20 minutes a game in like six of the final 14 games. Like they're you know, against um the Sacramento Kings, he gets 25 minutes, you know, like stuff like that, where you like you know you can get a minutes because it's kind of a BS game, right? Um, I'm wondering, none of that, none of that leads to him being playable in the yeah, playoffs. No, it does, it's exactly. You just answered it. Yeah. That doesn't do anything. 
for anyone. You know what's the best case scenario for him is he plays in the starting five with Steph, Clay, Poole, Draymond. He plays next to those five, right? He's gonna he's going to be successful. But you know what? Kaminga should be playing next to those guys, right? Isn't Kaminga a better option? You you already have a twenty year old kid that's gonna do that better yeah. than Wiseman. So well, let's. Yeah, no, I agree with you, but let's let's get back on track here. Yeah. So it's like, okay, so I I don't want to be harsh about it, but like I don't see the scenario in which he is able no. to catch up to be no. a playoff factor. No. Now let's go to next year. Okay, have you? So you talked about it. You you think he's more of the same as last year? Yeah, and I kind of agree with you. He gives you. He had two blocks today where I was like, good. You know, like, God, there's like two players in the NBA who can block a shot like that. You know what I mean? Um, and he had a couple highlight offensive plays, but he also just generally disliked contact, made all sorts of rotation errors. As you like to put it, uh, it looked kind of confused with the general concept of basketball. Even though his stats look good, I was watching him and I felt like it was – this is going to be misinterpreted, but it reminded me of watching Andre Drummond where, like, you look at the box score – and Drummond would have like 18, 15. But if you watch the game, you're like, he's fine, but he's not like, uh, you know, not a huge winning player, right? I, I think that, but I also think that he's going to be like that in his basketball career. He's going to be more like highest ceiling DeAndre versus Car Anthony Towns, right? Like, I feel like we know this. I feel like our listeners don't need us to tell them this, but just watching these games, we knew from the beginning, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, these guys were special players. You know, as much as I love to make fun of AD, he had a very funny quote tonight. But, like, that guy's special. He deserves to get rested for that yeah, quote. But, right? But he's special. Those guys are ballers. They are, they, are, they are guys that can win you playoff series. And I'm watching Wiseman last season and this season, and I, I, I root for his success because we're not fucking assholes. But I'm rooting for him, and I'm watching Speak him, yourself. and I'm like, <laughs> I just, I just, he's not, he's not, he, he could be an impact player to win games though. So yeah, I, I think he could be, but he's going to be more Andre, DeAndre Ayton. He's going to be more Miles Turner um, than, than your Anthony Davis. I and would, then, yeah, I have two thoughts. One, I'd be thrilled if he was Ayton or Miles Turner. I think those are excellent players. Um, but I do, I do understand what you're saying. There's a big difference between that and Anthony Davis. <laughs> um, I want to ask you this though. If you were, okay, you're, you're Joe Lacob. Uh, you have all the money in the world. Um, you sit courtside in your same button down in jeans. Um, what, what do you want to see most from Wiseman going into next year? Like what skill, like what skill do you want to see this off season to be the one that he works on that? Like you come back next year, like, Oh wow, that's a new thing. You've, you've, you've added. Yeah. I mean, I remember you asking me that question the end of last season and I'm the same answer. Um, the kid's got to figure out how to play defense. Um, he's just got to figure out how to be in the right place, get a rebound, not get thrown off his spots, right? Uh, says he added 15 pounds of muscle. Cool, right? Let's see if that helps. Is it functional? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I look, I, I'm like, I'm not saying this to, like, make fun of the guy. It's just he's got to learn how to play defense. That's it. That's it. That's going to be – that's going to determine whether he's going to be a winning basketball player or not. I don't care about anything else. I mean, we both know Steve Kerr would live with him taking a few bad fadeaways, which he did tonight, today, by the way. 
if he was reliable on defense. He would live with some of the shot selection yeah, stuff yeah. if he was a good defender. Um, for me, I'm going to take it a step farther. I just want to see him like physical contact. My biggest question with him is I he's very much the opposite of Draymond. Draymond is undersized, does not have vertical hop and that, but like Draymond loves wrestling with people. Like sometimes to his detriment where I'm like, bro, that's how you rupture a disc in your back, you know, All like right. that sort of stuff. Right. You know, Three but months, it's like, man, Jesus, but yeah. like Draymond likes physicality. I don't think Wiseman likes physicality based on what I've seen. You play basketball, you know, when someone doesn't like physicality, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not I'm not uh, gonna make a judgment on him but like that's the number one thing I want to see change with him I want to see the guy who likes to bang a little more Kaminga likes contact Moses Moody likes likes Kaminga loves contact yeah yeah, you're right you're right those are two guys where I'm just like damn those dudes those dudes love like scrapping yeah. and running into guys. You know, Steph and Draymond are dogs on defense. Like those guys Clay. are. Steph, Clay yes, is, Clay's yeah. physical as hell on defense. Yeah. So you know the winners are like that, right? Winners are like that. So, um, I think with Wiggins, we kind of know that he's going to be very good when he's your fourth best guy, right? So he he's back to being the fourth best guy starting today, uh, on Monday. So I think he'll be fine. But with Wiseman, might, it's going to be might be the fourth best already, even without Draymond coming back. Because I I'm. <laughs> I stand with Jordan Poole being the better player, but whatever. Do we talk enough about Jordan Poole today, by the way? I know we're winding down here, but I, Jordan Poole, I just, I, it just feels like, do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think he was coached the right way this season by Steve Kerr? I think Steve probably let his biases get in the way too much with him. I think of the only player I have issues with, the way the coaching staff handled was Jordan Poole. That's all I'm going to say. I think he got a needlessly hard leash when I watch Andrew Wiggins float through games and not get that same hard leash. I'm with you. On the other hand, it seems to like he was struggling and he was pouting, but man, he seems to respond. That's, that's, that's a good so point. weird. Him and him. One thing I love about him and Kuminga is um, they tend to respond to Steve Kerr kind of being like kind of a red yeah, ass on them. Yeah, you know what I mean? Asshole, yeah. It, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it, but I like those type of players. I like players who right, right. like, oh, you're going to do like, like F you. I'm going to prove you wrong. You know, like it, that's an uh, admirable trait. Notice what the players and coaches, Steve, say about Kaminga and Poole. Notice what they say about Wiggins and Wiseman. Wiggins, Wiseman, it's always praise, right? It's always Clay Thompson came out the other day and says, Wiggins is going to be an all-star. You should be grateful. Andre says, Wiseman's going to be incredible. Just wait for him to come back, right? Showering praise. And then with Kaminga, it's like Draymond comes out and says, you know, Kaminga's late to practice sometimes. He's got to figure it out, but he's going to figure it out. And then with Jordan Poole, you know, Steve, Steve always says, you got, you got to play better defense, right? You got, you got to pass the ball. You got to do this and that. So it's always... It's interesting. It's all. It's like they they're very. Uh, they know how to emotionally kind of kind of coach these guys. It seems. Yeah. And I and I feel like they have more success. Well, no, no. I take it back. Everything they've done with Wiggins has been unabashedly a right. success. Like he's right. exceeded everyone's expectations. He's objectively a good basketball player, a player who is no longer a punchline. So I can't I can't say that anything. But it's like 
maybe it's my own personal bias. I personally like the Jordan Poole Kuminga type where uh, they're a little cocky, but you, you know, they respond to that. Like it's, it's a little more doggy dog with them. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I mean, today, look, Hey, Tote Wiseman, he, he was screaming. Uh, he comes out of the bench. He starts hyping up the crowd, right? He starts yelling. I thought that was cool. I like, do too. Yeah. That's what you need, man. You need the, the fire. You don't, you know, you don't want him to, He's only 20. He's still young. So, you know, maybe he'll find that. And so that's, that's kind of where I'm at. It's like most of my frustrations around Wiseman have always been more in context of like, it's, it's not him. It's that I think this team can win a title and I don't want them to quote unquote, throw that away to like chase this mythical, like two timeline thing. Right. They have Um, enough. They have Kamingo already. You figured that one out. You've won Joe. You've won. Tip my cap to, to (laughs) premier Lake of, um, so, chairman, chairman, oh, Lake chairman, Lake up. There you go. <laughs> chairman um, but what I was going to say is if I take, if I take the aspect of which I want the Warriors to win in this playoffs away from it, uh, Wiseman's interesting to discuss as like a, a multi-year project, you know, like he is. So it's, I, I just try to separate those two because they're two different discussions because like, what I think Wiseman will be in three years has no effect on like what I think about the Warriors right now, but it, it's a different effect in terms of my interest, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a good July topic is what it is. It is so, it's, it's a great July topic. Um, maybe he'll be back this week. I think, I think Wiseman might be back this week, Sam. I, I think the Warriors. Oh, that, was, that was the other thing I forgot to note. Um, the, my other big take from the game was conditioning's not there. And that's also expected. And that makes me think, you know, maybe it'll be a couple games before he's yeah. back with the big team. But he yeah. looked a little uh, slow to me. <laughs> he's hands on his knees within 30 seconds. Hey, I know the feeling, but I'm 30. So, you know, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> um, but like that, that stuff doesn't bother me. That's just like, yeah, that's why, uh, that's why you're in the G League. The only way you get basketball shape is by playing basketball. All right, well, let's close on this. We're recording this Sunday night. We are assuming Draymond Green will be back Monday. We will finally get to see the Warriors in totality. Draymond, Clay, Steph Curry, Decor Three. Um, the just team that will be going into yeah. Just get your Kalena on. Get your Kalena on. Just uh-huh. <laughs> about damn time, man. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna let you finish. <laughs> How uh, describe me your excitement level for this? Uh, it's about damn time. I just. He went out the moment Clay came back. It's been almost three months. The Warriors went from struggling, then winning, then struggling, then winning again. Feels like it's been four seasons since Draymond's been out. Feels like it's been two decades since those three guys played together. And finally, the Warriors get to ramp up. The true and final ramp up begins to tomorrow, today. Ramp up season. We are finally ramping up. Get your ramps ready. Um, get your, you know, get the largest ladder, you know, just start ramping all the way. I don't, up don't know why she doesn't sell ramp up shirts. Um, uh, it's about, it's about time. Sell some ramp up shirts, my man. <laughs> um, about time. I'm excited, man. I, I, I don't even, it's like when I get excited, I get kind of quiet. Like I, I get like uh reflective, I get, I get super emo. I don't know. So <laughs> I'm just, I'm just excited to watch it. I don't even know what else to say. Uh, let me ask you this. What is um give me one of your favorite 
big three core three moments. Wow. It's got uh, it's, 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 like it's wow. of them. Wow. Um, it's not a moment, but a series. Yeah. I went on this because it's a series. I think this is the, the series that they grew up. It's the Memphis series. Um, that's a series where they grew up. They grew up together. Um, Steph and Clay were seeing ghosts uh, in that game two and game three that they lost. Oh, the turnovers are so. Uh, yeah. They were clutching, double clutching threes. I don't know what they were doing. Mike Conley and, and Tony Allen, right? Just in there. Uh, Tony, Allen was, Tony Allen was in their heads. Yeah. In their heads, just in their ass. And, uh, and you know, the story goes that, you know, Steph and Draymond, they get some wine that night and they come back and they win the next three games. And I, I think that was the series where they, question whether they were good enough uh and i think we still question whether they were good enough and they figured it out they won and i i, I tweeted this after that last game knowing that Draymond will be back on monday i always feel if those three guys are healthy the warriors can beat anyone if those three guys are healthy so i'm excited we finally get to see is Draymond actually healthy right he seems very happy is he gonna come back sam is he gonna look as good as he did at the beginning of the season because if that's the case <sighs> It's going to be a, it's going to be a really cool finish on that note. Steve Kerr did note that, you know, he's probably not going to be playing 30 minutes a game when he immediately comes back. Probably fine. a good thing. Fine by me. You know, it's, it's going to be a, a ramp up. <laughs> um, the, the Memphis series is a great one. That is a, a good one. I'm going to throw um, game game six against the Rockets without KD as another favorite moment for me. Um, obviously, I remember Steph going nuts at the end of that game, but I have a very singular possession in my mind. Steph just hit what Steph just hit a three to put the Warriors up, and the Rockets are inbounding it to um, James Harden, and Clay pressures him, steals the ball, kicks it to Draymond, and to me, that was like that was the ultimate winning time play. Like Steph hit a back-making three. Okay, it happens, right? Like if James Harden was who he claims to be, he takes the ball and he gets them into a good shot and they get back into the game. But he's not. He's kind of a little softy. And Clay Thompson got up on him. And Draymond got up on uh, Chris Paul at the same time. And they forced a turnover. And that's when I knew the game was over. It was about the two-minute mark, maybe the three-minute mark. The score wasn't that wide. I watched that play. I'm like, oh, it's over. They're not. They've they've mentally broken these dudes. Chris Paul's throwing a tantrum because he knows James Harden's kind of weak. Um, And in some ways, I have a little sympathy for Chris Paul because, like, at least he knew it was happening. You know, like, he knew that that wasn't going down. But it's like those moments, I'm like, they are – you know whatever you think of the Warriors like those those guys are champions those three guys are champions and they're the foundation of the greatest team in this team's history so Uh, better there's no better way you said it winning time winning players they make winning plays that's just all three of them all three of them they've won they've lost they've won more than they've lost like you said they are the foundation of of this franchise I'm excited we'll be back on Groom tomorrow night appreciate it guys
I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.